Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. The title of my message today is Join the Triumph of the Skies. All this, all December, every message that I preach is going to have um, a title, which is a, a line from a Christmas carol. And as I was, as was kind of worshiping last night, I, I had about 50 to choose from. But in, uh, in Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Glory to the Newborn King, Peace on Earth and Mercy Mild, God and Sinners Reconciled, Joyful, All Ye Nations Rise. Join the triumph of the skies. With angelic host proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Title of my message is join the triumph of the skies. Join the triumph of the skies. If there was an invitation for you this morning, that invitation is to join the triumph of the skies. I want you to know we're not, we're not fighting from uh, a place of oppression of the enemy, hoping to attain victory. Jesus Christ has already secured the victory. We battle, we battle pr- from a place of victory. We battle from a place where the devil has been defeated. We, we battle from a place knowing that Jesus Christ has overcome. Jesus has torn down and overthrown the powers of darkness, and our job is to execute what Jesus achieved on the cross. Somebody say amen. Amen. Okay. So Romans 8.32, Romans 8.32, yell out when you're there. You're there already. I, I love this verse, and the reason I love this verse is because it, it, it messes with all, all of our... Um, all of our naysayers, all of our, all of our haters. And so I just, I just like it. It says this, it says, He who did not spare his own son. So speaking about God, God who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us a couple of things now and again? Excuse me. Who will not also with him also freely give us Come on, somebody. All things. All things. There's a, there's a, there's a, you know, we constantly get under attack that, you know, we're that, we're that prosperity church that down there at Awaken Church, they're prosperity, they're Joel Osteen Church. Praise the Lord, brother. Hallelujah. Amen. And, and we, we get, but, but I want you to look at this verse. This verse says, for if God didn't spare his only son, but gave him up for us all, how much more will God with him, with Jesus, not in place, not substituting, with Jesus, freely give us all things. See, for, for you to say, well, I believe that God saves you, but he's not going to get you out of your debt, or God will save you, but he's not going to, come on, that prosperity stuff about, you know, getting a great job or getting, you know, a, a new home or finding a, a great spouse, as if God will do that. God will gladly give you his son because Jesus is low on the totem pole. He's not going to give you something as valuable as a car or a house or a... That's literally what they're saying. If God would, would not withhold from you and I the most precious, prized thing in heaven, everything else is a distant second. There is 
daylight between everything else. If God did not withhold his only begotten son, you need to understand the devil is a liar. So I want you to break off all of those lies from the devil. This scripture, don't listen to the naysayers or the negative Nancys or the doom and gloomers. Listen to the Bible. If God did not spare his own son but delivered him up from us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Freely give us all things. Somebody say amen. So the invitation today is to join the triumph of the, of the skies. You, if you are born again, if you've received Christ, guess what? You are born now of incorruptible seed. You are born of imperishable. You are born of more than a conqueror. You are born of more than an overcomer. You are born of that which brings victory in this life. Do you know they put Jesus in a tomb, but on the third day he said, yeah, been there, done that, bought the t-shirt, rose again from, from the dead, conquered death, conquered hell, tore a hole, didn't even apologize for destroying death. He wrecked it. He went Went into death and then wrecked it, ruined it for everybody. Now death doesn't need to keep anybody down. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Death no longer has power over him because of what Jesus Christ did. That same spirit is on the inside of you. So I want to give you three quick thoughts this morning. The first one is he is the God of the gap. He's the God of the gap. Well, what does that mean? I'm glad you asked. When, 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 I got, when I got saved, when I got born again, when I, when I, when I decided that, that I needed to surrender to Jesus and make him Lord of my life, all, all of a sudden God didn't just kind of say, okay, have, a, you know, ha- have another shot at this thing. Try harder next time. So a lot of people preach Jesus and say, because everybody needs a second chance. No, everybody needs a new birth. The difference between a second chance and a new birth is a second chance is I just try to learn from my mistakes. The problem is I'm still me. I still have my same struggles, my same weaknesses, my same dysfunctions. But when I, when I receive Christ, I receive new birth. What does that mean? That means that the very seed of heaven impregnates my heart, regenerates my spirit, and I am born again of heaven's seed. It means that that my sinful nature now is in battle with a heaven nature. I have a divine nature. And whichever one I feed the most is the one that's going to flourish the best. That's why you're the smartest people in San Diego as you turn up in church, worshiping in your car, reading the word daily, feed your spirit man. I found that even the devil where he had me in a number of areas in sin, I found even after I got born again, as I'd reached my hand out to that sin, oh, the aftertaste in my mouth, I found it hard to go back to those things. They lost their zest. They lost their appeal, Colin. They lost their, because, because I was now born again. But that wasn't all that happened. What began to happen is now that the, 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 the clouds had cleared, I began to see I began to dream. I began to believe. The Bible says that, that, that God is the God of hope. God is the God of hope. And all of a sudden, hope began to come into my life. Instead of hopelessness, instead of despair, instead of dysfunction, I began to hope that maybe God had a plan for my life. I began to hope that maybe one day I could get married to a, a beautiful woman. I had no idea that God would exceed all my expectations in my beautiful Leanne. Had no idea that he would do exceedingly abundantly above all that I could ask or think. But I began to hope for those things. But the Bible says that God doesn't just give you hope. 
God doesn't just give you hope. Hope by itself can be cruel if it doesn't have faith. The Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. To hope for something but to not to have power to, to reach it can be a cruel thing. We, we, we see a lot of preaching in churches these days where, well, you know, don't preach about healing. Oh, shh, shh don't, tell, don't share your testimony of being cured of cancer because, hey, we don't want to give people false hope. Hey, don't, 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 don't share that testimony of your marriage coming together because there are other people. We don't want to give them false hope. No, no, we need to give people hope. We need to give people hope, but God doesn't leave it at hope. God gives us faith. The Bible says that now, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. So what God does is, is, is the first thing when you're born again is he reawakens hope. He reawakens your ability to believe that God has the best for me, that I don't have to deal with just what life ekes out. I don't have to deal with just the dysfunction. I don't have to live under the lid or the ceilings of limitations that others have placed upon me or that cruel people have taken from me. I can actually begin to hope that I can pay off this college, yet I can hope to have prosperity. I can hope to have a great marriage. I can hope to have a family. I can hope to be an influencer. I can hope to be blessed, to be a blessing. You can begin to hope. But God doesn't leave you there. He wants to put faith on the inside of you. Faith is a magnet. The Bible says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. When you're in the Word of God, it'll produce faith on the inside of you. Faith draws things to you. Fear repels things from you. That's why God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. Some people say, well, you don't understand, Pastor. It's fear that keeps me from jumping off the cliff. It's fear that keeps me from doing stupid things. Well, maybe I suggest to you, wisdom will keep you from jumping off the cliff and wisdom will keep you from doing stupid things. Get, get rid of fear and replace it with wisdom. Wisdom and faith work hand in hand. But faith is a magnet that draws things to you. When we came to San Diego, we had no buildings, but I had faith. And pay, people would mock our faith. People would mock our faith. When we said we're going to do radies, and then they, they came back saying, we ain't, we ain't renting this building, not to you, not to Awaken Church. Not to, not to grandma killing, COVID, mandate defying. We said, really? Well, you'll hear from our attorneys. And then it's amazing because they violated four statutes in the, the Constitution, how quickly they changed their mind. We had faith. Faith attracts things. Faith attracts things. A woman touches Jesus, and Jesus stops and says, who touched me? And the crowds were thronging him, and the disciples says, Lord, everybody is. He says, no, no, somebody touched me because I felt power flow out of me. And the woman says, it was me. And Jesus says, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Her faith drew the power of God into her. Faith is, is a magnet. God wants you to have faith. Jesus says, when I return, when I come back, will I really find faith in the earth? He didn't say, when I return, will I find tolerance? Will I, when I return, will I find forgiveness? When I return, will I find love? Will I return, will I find equality? Higher than all of those things. Those things are noble things, but higher than all of those things, God is looking for faith. The greatest assignment that, that our men of God and women of God carry in this pulpit every Sunday is to put faith on the inside of you because the devil knows he's working six or seven other days a week to try and bring down that faith. He's trying to replace faith with fear and anxiety and hopelessness and despair and depression. He's trying to replace faith. But our job on a Sunday is to 
give you an infusion of faith that draws the things of God into your life. Can somebody say amen? So I say all of that to say this, that God is the God of the gap. What does that mean? The, the God of the gap is that, that, that you should always be living with something greater in front of you than you currently possess today. I'm not sure if you noticed, but God put our eyes in the front of our heads because we're meant to be forward-looking. Fish have their eyes on the side of their heads. If you spend too much time on Instagram, you'll become a fish. Because you'll be looking at this person, looking at that person, and looking at what they're doing, and living in FOMO, and man, they're eating what, and they're wearing that, and they look so happy. Heck of my life, sir. And you don't want to live there. You want to live with forward-looking. You want to live with vision. You want to live believing God for something. So God is the God of the gap. He's the God of the gap. 30 years ago, 30 years ago, my beautiful Leanne got a husband. Now, that's not a, a reason to cheer the poor thing. <laughs> she, she got a husband. I got a ring on my finger that said I was her husband. I had no freaking idea how to be a husband. If I was honest with you, Sterling, 30 years later, I'm learning how to be a husband. Now, was I any less of a, I was 100% husband. I just didn't know how to be a husband. There was a gap. There was a gap. And God is the God of the gap. So that tells me, that tells me that I can, I can acquire wealth but not actually have the, the, the wisdom or the understanding or the leadership to steward the wealth that I just inherited. That tells me that I can achieve success but not have the wisdom, the understanding to manage that success. It means I can have a business I can have a company, but not have the wisdom. You will find in this life, you always live in the gap. And the great thing about God is he's the God of the gap. I became a husband, but I had to learn how to be a husband. Had to learn how to be a husband. Shelly, I remember, gosh, I've made so many stupid mistakes. One of them was Leanne has a favorite restaurant. And, and this beautiful thing tells me, oh, this is my favorite restaurant. And I'm like, while well, she's telling me, I'm like, this is your favorite restaurant? Are you serious? These idiots need to do something about the lights. You can't even read the menu. And even if you can read the menu, there's no point. It's in Italian. We're in America. Speak English. Like, why can't they put hamburger on the menu? Like, why do they have to all oh, this fancy, schmancy stuff? Like, what, what, what is... Just, use, J, J, U, what is that? What is that? They got, they got, what's polenta? What, what is, and so they got all this stuff. And so I, I stupid said, I, I, this is not even in my top 10. And then Leanne says, oh, it's because you don't understand ambience. I said, of course I understand ambience. Someone has a heart attack, you call an ambience. And they pick them up, they'll try and resuscitate them, get them to the hospital. And she said, it's an ambulance. I said, what did you say? She said, ambience. I said, you know what people take when they can't sleep? She said, no, that's ambient. I'm like, oh, you lost me. She goes, exactly. I had no idea that when you go through drive through and you're, you're taking, the, what, oh, they want to know, do you want fries with that? No, no, she doesn't. You, you sure? You love fries. 
No, she doesn't. You sure? No, she doesn't, she doesn't want fries. Me? Oh, yeah, super size. Yeah, super size. Thank you. And he, here's my card. Thank you. Thank you. Well, what are you doing? Nothing. You're not doing nothing. You're stealing my fries. I didn't realize that if she orders the fries, the calories count to her. But if I order the fries, she can eat as many as she likes. Because I had no idea. This is all a learning curve. See, I was a husband, but I had to learn how to become a husband. I had no idea. I had no idea that when we have a little tears or a little argument and, and I say, you know, are you okay? And she says, she's fine. <laughs> I had no idea. And then if you afterwards say, you said you were fine, you, you're in big trouble, man. You are in big, that means you're sleeping alone these next few nights. I had to learn the hard way. The, the, other, the other big one that, that, I, that I learned was, um, we were gonna be away in our management retreat and, and Liani's birthday was on the Wednesday. And so I said, oh honey, what do you want? You know, it's your birthday this, she goes, listen, we're gonna be with all our management, it's gonna be awkward. Don't get me a gift. Well, I'll just get you a card. No, don't even bother, I don't read them anyway. Just, I'm like, you sure? She'll like, do it all when we get back. I'm doing it when we get back. Wednesday. Wednesday morning, I wake up. I'm like, babe, you seem a little bit grumpy. You didn't even get me a present. You told me not to. Yeah, but I didn't mean it. Forrest Gumpy, as stupid is as stupid does. Just thought she said, don't get me a present. She, she, she wanted to see if I would put any freaking effort in. So you know what I did? I went to, to um, the pet store where she would get this little puppy out of, the, out of his little glass cage of emotion. She'd already named him Laddie. And I knew, I thought, right, I'm going to. And uh, it was $2,200. And so I told the, the guy, I told the pet shop owner the story. And I said, yeah, and she told me, you know, not to get her a gift. He goes, you didn't listen. Because <laughs> you're an idiot. Because <laughs> you don't listen to your wife. I said, thank you. Why didn't anyone tell me that? He says, nowhere in the Bible does, say, you know, does Adam say, man, I wish I... No, you know, it's like... <laughs> so we have Laddie because, say, they gave me a $700 discount. We got him for $1,500 and uh, brought him up and made up for it. Now it's the best gift she ever got and uh, so I'm learning a few things. <laughs> Can I just tell you that, that I only learned those things because I was in a community. I only learned those things because I got to sit and listen to a Dr. Brian Ricewig. There, there are things that you cannot discover on your own. There are, there are things that you need Emerge Men's Conference. You need, you need Jeff Forbes. You need leadership. There are things you need Pastor John and Becky Lynn Heinrichs. They're, they're in the realm of, of real estate, have we got anybody greater than these guys? You, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the Max uh, bosses. 
around here, the body of Christ, discipleship. That's why we do discipleship, because you and I live in the gap, and He's the God of the gap, and He will quicken wisdom to you. One sets flight to a thousand, but two, ten thousand. There's an acceleration. Life's too short for you to try and figure it all out on your own. The worst song, that's why we'll never have it singing on the platform. That's why it'll never be a worship song is, I did it my way. Yeah, right. It's amazing how many self-made millionaires we have, but no one's a self-made failure. Every failure blames this person and blames that person and blames that person and blames that person. I'm telling you, you and I need other people in our lives. Somebody say amen. Join the triumph of the skies. Second one is what I call the law of reciprocity. If I was honest with you, and if I would have had more time, I would have come up with a better, because we hear that one all the the law of reciprocity. And I just, I'm trying to, anyway. So, but basically what I mean by that is that everything is ROI. Everything is return on investment. Your life, my life today is the harvest of the seeds I sowed in my yesterday. You may say, well, pastor, that's why I'm very cautious. I'm waiting to sow. Can I tell you, you are never not sowing and you are never not reaping. Every thought that you receive, every thought is a a seed. Every belief system, every paradigm is, is something that you value in your heart and it will produce a harvest. Every action has a consequence to it. Your life today is the the harvest of the thoughts, the beliefs, and the actions you sowed yesterday. If you don't like your life today, there is great news. You can join the triumph of the skies and begin to think different thoughts, begin to believe different beliefs, and begin to act differently, and you'll find that you'll have a greater harvest. Isaiah 55 verse 8, God says, I know that your ways are not my ways, neither are your thoughts my thoughts. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. God gives us an invitation to think his thoughts after them. If you want God in your world, stop thinking your thoughts of limitation, your thoughts of hopelessness, your thoughts of emptiness, but begin to think his thoughts of abundance, begin to think his thoughts of blessing, begin to think his thoughts of victory, begin to think his thoughts of expansion and conquest and conquering because as you find you change your thoughts as you change your beliefs that's why this is the house of transformation every single time I come to the house of God I come to listen like thieves I come to listen to steal something I'm going to pinch something I'm going to hear something that the pastor Jeff Forbes is I'm going to hear something that Colin Higginbottom is dropping like it's hot I'm going to, and I'm picking it up and I'm putting it into my, it is going to be mine. That is going to be a word from the Lord for me. I love our house. You know, Sterling, Sterling Pyle, one of the greatest preachers, one of the, the greatest generations. I listen to his message and my God, there's faith in this man. There's leadership in this man. There's insight in this man. I am telling you, you and I are better when we sit in the house of God, but come every time. We always have three points. You don't have to remember all three. Just take one. If you just take one point a week, that's 52 points. You are 52 times better than you were last year. Your thinking's different. Your believing's different. Your actions are different. Your harvest is different. Your future is going to be different. Your best life is still in front of you. Somebody say amen. amen. So in Malachi, let's, let's go to Malachi. Malachi chapter 3 teaches on, 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 on this. And most of us know it as, as, you know, well, that's the tithes and offering scripture. 
And a lot of people that are naysayers on tithes and offerings say, well, you know, pastors preach on tithes and offerings because they've got to keep the lights on, they've got to pay the bills. And so that's why, that's why they, they kind of roll out the, uh, the Malachi chapter 3 and then they roll it back. It's, you know, you don't preach on it now, pastor. What are you doing? It's, it's for tithes and offerings time. It's not. But just, let's just have a look at it. Let's just have a look at it. Is it for the pastor? Is it for the lights? Is it for the bills? What's, who's tithe? So have a look at this. It says, uh, God says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse and test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for who? For you such blessing. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. He's rebuking the devourer for your sake. Go to the next verse, verse 11. For your sake, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. Next verse. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. So you find, you find that it's got secondary, third dairy is lights and all of that. It's for you. Because there is a law that whatever you want in your life, you have to release from your life. In Genesis 2.10, it says that a river flowed out of Eden to water Eden. You would, you would think, hang on, God. You'd be, God, whoa, whoa stop, stop, stop. <laughs> I'm an irrigation expert. I'm a landscaper on planet Earth. You got this thing needs to be turned around. You planted a garden and the water's flowing away from it. You want to water that garden? You're going to get water flowing to it. But in Israel, if you go to Israel today, there are two seas, the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea has water that flows to it, but it has no outlet. So it is dead. Nothing lives in the Dead Sea. The Sea of Galilee is teeming with life because it doesn't just receive water but it has water, many, many outlets that flow out of it that provides life. A river flowed out of Eden. When there's a flow out of you, ha- come and have a look at, at Job 42. In Job 42, uh, 8 to 10, Job, Job 42, 8 to 10, God hammers, God rebukes uh, the, the, the friends of Job. Now, therefore, take for yourselves seven bulls, seven rams, and go to my servant Job and offer yourselves a burnt offering, and my servant Job shall pray for you, for I will accept him, lest I deal with you according to your folly, because you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. Now, the context is Job has lost all of his businesses, lost all of his stock, all of his cattle, all of his stuff, and seven sons and three daughters wiped out. He has three friends that give him dreadful counsel, dreadful advice. And then God says to Job, he says, Job, this is what you're going to do. You're going to pray for your friends. I ain't praying for my friends. <laughs> ain't nothing happened to them. Their homes are intact. Their kids are intact. Their business are intact. They ought to be praying for me. Job could have Job could have had a pity party, but Job understood something. Go to the next verse. So Eliphaz has the Temanite, Bildad the Shuite, and Zophar the Namathite did as the Lord commanded them. For the Lord had accepted Job, next verse. And the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed 
before his friends. And indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much. Job was the one that needed prayer. He was the one that needed blessing. He was the one that needed restoration. And God says, all of these things will flow to you if you let them first flow from you. That's why the Bible says, give and it will be given to you. The Bible says, forgive and you will be forgiven. The Bible says, judge and you'll be judged. Condemn and you'll be condemned. Give and it'll be given. That's why God says, when you bring the tithes, Test me to see if I'll open the windows of heaven. The verse we didn't read was verse 8. God said, you know, it says, will a man rob God? Well, the children of Israel are like, yeah, as if anyone's going to rob from God. No one's going to break into God's house, number one. He's got the best security system in the world. He doesn't need ring doorbell. He neither sleeps nor slumbers. And he's everywhere at the same time. The eyes of the Lord keep watch on the evil and the good. He's he sees everything. So nobody can sneak into God's house without, oh, caught me again. No one can sneak in. So when God says, well, a man robbed God, they're like, no, and he's like, yet you've robbed me. And they're like, hang on, well, how? He says, you've, you, you've robbed me from being able to do what is in my heart, which is to bless you. Because you have withheld, the heavens have withheld. But if you will release, I will release. He says, Bring the ties and test me if I will not throw open the windows of heaven, which means they are presently closed. Why are they presently closed? Because their hands were closed. When they opened their hands, when they opened their treasures, when they opened their wallets, heaven was open. When they withheld, it's a law of reciprocity. Whatever you want in your life has to flow from your life. When I got married 30 years ago, I became a husband, but I did not know how to be a husband. I didn't realize that my life, instead of me looking at Leanne and measuring what Leanne was or wasn't doing or how she was or wasn't measuring up, God began to deal with me. He says, no, no, you are a, her husband and she will be a product of your husbandry. The greatest thing you can do is serve this woman. I gave you one woman to treasure for life. If you will serve her, if you will make sure that none of her, her needs lack, if you will be a servant to her, you will have the greatest life. I'm like, no, 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 God, no, 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 God. You need to, if, would you tell, and that's all I was saying, but would you tell her, like tell, because I got a whole list of that she could, and he's like, don't work like that. There's no guarantees. He says, you begin to sow and watch what you reap. I have the greatest wife, the most extraordinary, the most loving, the most beautiful, the kindest. She is extraordinary. Jesus says, whoever wants to be the greatest among you, let him become least and the servant of all. In other words, he's saying the way to greatness is become a servant. You want a great marriage? Serve. Serve your spouse. Don't look to your needs. Look to their needs. You want to be miserable? Look to your needs and how they're not being met. You want a great marriage? Look to their needs. And you want to increase? Give. The Bible says the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. You want to increase? The Bible says the, the way to increase is giving. It's upside down, but it's a law. But you and I are called to join the triumph of the skies. Number three, you got time for one more? All right, number, last one. Last one is what I call the Trinity echo, the Trinity echo. If we're going to join the triumph of the skies, I need you to understand that everything, 
Everything was created by God. And therefore, believe it or not, if you look a little bit closely, you'll find that everything has a trinity in it. Everything has a trinity in it. Uh, to the Jews, the earth was a heaven. The heavenly realms was the second heaven. And where God dwells is the third heaven. Every object is three-dimensional, three-dimensional, height, depth, and breadth, three-dimensional. Every color, every color that we have comes from three primary colors. A human life goes through three trimesters, and it's amazing. It's three trimesters of three months each. Everything is, everything is in three. Time is a trinity, past present, future. Everything moves in Trinity. Life has three phases, childhood, adolescence, and adulthood. It has, everything has three because it comes from God. So there's a, there's, a, there's a Trinity echo in this world. And I want to quickly show you those. Ecclesiastes 9.11 uh, says this. Ecclesiastes 9.11, it says that the, the, the battle is not to the strong. The battle is not to the strong, nor the, the race to the swift. Battle is not to the strong, nor is the race to the swift, uh, nor is the bread to the wise, nor riches to men of understanding, nor favor to men of skill. But time and chance happen to them all. Time and chance. Because we, we would say, well, you know what? The, the strong man's going to win the battle. The swift man's going to win the race. The wise man's going to end up getting the bread. The man of understanding, he's the person who's going to get the riches. And man, I don't have their understanding, so I should just quit. I don't have their wisdom, so I just should just give up. I don't have their strength or their speed. But the Bible says that God is a God that levels the playing field. He says the, 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 the battle isn't for, doesn't always go to the strong, nor does the race always go to the swift, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to men of understanding. He says, but time and chance happen to them all. One of the greatest things that can happen is when you come into the house of God, you find that you encounter the God of time. You, found that you, you find that you encounter a God who sets times and seasons. He has Kairos time and he has Kronos time. And he has Kairos, which is a heavenly interruption into your chronological order where he will take and redeem a man who's moved from Washington State to San Diego to start all over again with his beautiful bride, two blended families coming together with an idea, with a business, an adventure, a, a calling to ministry, but not sure how it's all going to shape out. But God comes and in the midst of chronological time brings his Kairos time. So the time and chance, he doesn't have to be the swiftest. He doesn't have to be the strongest. He doesn't have to be the wisest. He doesn't have to be the most understanding, but he can come into an encounter where time and chance happen to them all. The Bible says, if any man lacks, lacks wisdom, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, James 1.5, who gives to all men liberally. If you don't have wisdom, just ask God. See, the price of wisdom is humility. God resists the proud. The proud says, I don't need wisdom. The wise man recognizes I need wisdom. God, give me wisdom. Deuteronomy 8.18 says, You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you power to get wealth. So I want to show you a trinity as we come to a close. There's a trinity in the earth that, that, that God has in play. If we can throw that screen up. And the trinity is time, wealth, and wisdom. Time, wealth, and wisdom. 
These things, don't listen to the secularists and don't listen to the lying media and the false prophets of Baal that try to tell you that your success, your largeness, your influence, your future is dependent upon genetics or skin color or, you know, nationality or ethnicity. Liars. Liars. God has created all human beings from one blood. You are all sons and daughters of the Most High. You're all magnificent representations in your various diversities, but you're all one family under God. And it doesn't matter how you came in. You could be like me. I came into the kingdom with my father disowning me, saying you'll not get one cent because you're leaving engineering to go to Bible college. You will not get one red cent. But what I found when I came into the kingdom was that God had given me time. Time and chance happened in them all. You should remember the Lord your God who gives you power to get wealth. And if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men liberally. Now here's the beautiful thing. These three, these three, every single one of us have. Now you may say, well, I don't have enough time, Pastor. I wish I had much more time. I got a little bit of wealth. I wish I had more wealth. Right now you're crippled by student debt. Or man, you know, there's just so much I don't know. There are so many things I don't know. I need more wisdom. Here's the most beautiful thing. You can use two of these to get the third. You can use any two of these to get the third. If you're saying, man, you know what, Pastor? I just wish I had more time. Do you know what? If you use your wisdom, you can use your wealth. Man, I'm spending six hours a week cleaning my house. You could use your wisdom to employ somebody to come around once a week and clean your house. That gives you that gives you more time. That gives you six weeks. You can have somebody else take care of the guns. Someone else take care of the lawns. You can, well, well pastor, I, you know, I don't have wealth. I've got time and I feel like God has given me wisdom. I, if you put wisdom with time together, you'll get wealth. Pastor, I got this idea, man. I was with these people. I went to Pathfinders and I got so inspired and I'm going to sit down. I'm going to get mentored by these great people because I feel like God is giving me wisdom and I got this time. You're going to start getting wealth. And if you say, well, Pastor, I've got, I've got time and I've got wealth, but I, I need wisdom. If you use time and marry it with wealth to do a course, to read audio books, to listen to a book, to attend a seminar, to attend a conference. If you take your time and your wealth, you'll find that you grow in wisdom. All of these three things are in play. Don't let the devil lie to you and say, well, you just gotta, you just gotta kinda just eat your way through life and struggle your way through life. You and I are called to, to join the, the, vic, the victory of the skies. Jesus Christ died on a cross to break the power of sin to set you free, to set you on a path to success, to put a hope in your heart and then marry it with faith so you begin to attract good things into your life. So you begin to understand that there may be a gap between where you are today and where you want to be tomorrow, but He's the God of the gap. And God has put you in a church community where there's discipleship to help accelerate the closing of that gap. But can I just kind of give you like a, a little bit of a spoiler alert? Um, I've been doing this thing for... 30-something years, Pastor Jeff. And I remember if we could just get 500 men, how awesome would it be to have 500 men at Emerge? And when we had 500 men, everyone was cheering, but I wasn't happy because the Holy Spirit, He's naughty. He already put 1,000 men in my heart. And so everyone's like, yeah, we had 500 
I'm believing for a thousand. And then when we got a thousand, Jeff Forbes like, Pastor, can you imagine two thousand? I'm like, thanks, Jeff. You just ruined another milestone. And so two thousand, and and then three thousand, and so just get good, just get good with living there, because it's okay, because he's the God of the gap. The only time you need to worry is if you don't have the God of the gap in there. If you have the God of the gap, and if you're releasing the things that you want, if you want prayer, you pray. Man, pastor, I don't have any friends. I just wish I had some friends. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says, he who has friends must himself be friendly. Go and be a friend and you'll find you'll have all the friends in the world. Pastor, I wish someone would buy me lunch. You know what? Go out and buy somebody else lunch and you'll find it's incredible how many people that your life will reap whatever you sow. And the last one is understand, don't let the lying devil in this world, the spirit of this world, try and tell you that there's a ceiling or a limit over your future. Time, wealth, and wisdom, God is freely distributing, and you can use two to get the other one so that all three are in play, ever increasing, so that your life, you become blessed to be a blessing. You increase and flourish, and other people are blessed. Somebody say, Amen. Amen. Come on, let's stand to our feet. Come on, lift your hands high to heaven. Who received that word this morning? Heavenly Father, we just thank you for these beautiful sons and daughters. And I speak the blessing of God and the favor of God. If there's anybody here today and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, do it today before you leave. If you've never made Jesus Lord, do it today. If you need prayer, we're going to open the altar and our ministry team will be down here. They'd love to pray for you. But Father, I thank you right now that you're the God of the gap, that the law of reciprocity is in play, that our life is the ROI, the return on investments. Help us to change our thinking from stinking thinking into blessed thinking. Help us to change our belief systems to line up with your belief systems, that I am who you say I am. I have have what you say I have and I can do what you say I can do I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength and father I thank you that today father the race is not to the swift nor is the battle to the strong nor bread to the wise or or riches to men of understanding but time and chance happen them happen to them all I'm telling you you may not have had your time and you may not have had your chance but God has guaranteed it in his word your time and your chance he's a God of opportunity your opportunity is going to come well, well pastor that sounds like the opportunity of a lifetime opportunities of a lifetime last the lifetime of the opportunity but you know what God is a God that is continually giving you opportunities he's a God who is an opportune God who gives you opportune moments this is an opportune moment if you haven't given your life to Christ do it today if you need to repent of something, do it today. This is your opportunity. If you're not in a connect group, get in a connect group today. If you're not currently going to Twisted, get your tickets today. Get your tickets today. If you never surrender to Christ, today is your opportunity. Time and chance happen to them all. In Jesus' name, everybody say, Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.